0: It is time for another episode of Fantasy Alarms Front Office Insights and uh, and we stay here in the Amer- in the National League East with uh, another uh preview here. We're talking Miami Marlins, ladies and gentlemen. Uh you heard the uh, the highlight coming in Sandy Alcantara with a Cy Young Award uh last year. Lots of uh lots of positive Things going on here. Lots of fun players like Jazz Chisholm to talk about here. So, uh, Jim, how are you today? You ready to uh, you ready to start talking some Marlins baseball?
1: I absolutely am ready. I had a great time in their camp. I want to thank Kim Ang, the general manager, Skip Schumacher, the manager, Sandy Alcantara, and Jazz Chisholm for spending as much time as they did with us, briefing us on their team, how work has been going. I had a lot of fun in camp, so I want to thank all of them for all of their time and energy.
0: Well, let's uh let's start things off here as we uh, as we usually do, and that's uh taking a look at the Marlins with the uh with the off season. Obviously we can look at what the uh the standings were last year and the Miami Marlins uh only won sixty nine games, sixty-nine and ninety three. Uh they finished in the uh in second to last, fourth place in the National League East. So, Jim, the off season what they go do to improve so let's talk about
1: what they did in free agency they made a couple of significant moves they signed second baseman gene segura to a two-year 17 million dollar deal and moved him to third base a position he really hasn't played he's played a lot of short and second in the big leagues but not really a lot of third and they signed veteran right handed pitcher johnny cueto to a one-year eight and a half million dollar deal And then right after uh, they signed Cueto, they signed him for a reason, because they were planning on making their big trade, which they did, trading right-handed pitcher Pablo Lopez. They shipped him over to the Minnesota Twins in exchange for Luis Arise. Arise will play second base for them, won the batting title last year um, over there in the American League. So... Those were the big free agent signings. That was the big trade. They also made another under-the-radar trade that I think in the long term is going to pay dividends, and that was trading veteran shortstop Miguel Rojas to the Los Angeles Dodgers for shortstop prospect Jacob Amaya, who they believe can play defense in the big leagues right now at shortstop, and they think the bat is coming. They like him a lot That's going to be a very interesting trade uh, to follow. They've made some other smaller trades as well, but I I think in terms of fantasy ramifications, Segura, Cueto, Arise, and eventually Amaya with the moves that our listeners need to know. I I should add this, though. A couple of good back-end arms in the bullpen. Matt Barnes, they picked up from Boston for Richard Blyer, and they got A.J. Puck from Oakland for J.J. Bladé. Barnes and Puck will have a chance to factor in the back end of that pen for them.
0: All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take those off season changes and take a look at what that uh, makes the Marlins look like on the field right now. We'll go around the diamond Uh, behind the plate. You've got Jacob Stallings. Nick Fortes is also expected to, uh, to get in on the action there Uh, at first uh, Garrett Cooper, second base, Luis Arias, Third is Segura shortstop Joey Wendell. Um is that how the uh, is that how the infield sort of looks like it's gonna shake out for you? Yeah, I think that's how it's gonna start. And I think at some
1: point Amaya may factor in at shortstop with Wendell, but I don't think there's any doubt as of now it's Cooper at first, Arise at second, Wendell at short, Segura at third with Stallings and Fortez sharing the catching. Skip Schumacher told me, you know, he's not gonna sit there and tell you uh, this guy's a hundred games and this guy's sixty-two. He said, the one thing I will tell you is Jacob Stallings will be catching when Sandy Alcantara is on the mound. Uh, that he knows, but besides that, it's
0: a competition. It's a competition. Okay, you know what? I was, I was today years old, Jim, when I just realized that backing up in the infield uh, for the Marlins is Garrett Hampson.
1: Yeah, non-roster invitee, yes.
0: Unbelievable. How the mighty have fallen. What, years ago? He was, like, so highly coveted. Oh, my Lord. Um, All right, so that's what we're looking at for the infield and the outfield. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, Jazz Chisholm goes to center field. You got Avi Garcia in right. No, yeah, yeah. Avi Garcia in right. Brian De La Cruz, is that the left fielder? And then Jorge Soler at DH, but then... You know, we've got guys like uh, you know, Jesus Sanchez, Peyton Burdick, John Birdie's gonna play a little bit of something there. Um what do you hear about the outfield for the Miami Marlins when you were there?
1: Yeah, so when I talked to Skip Schumacher and was trying to figure everything out, it was pretty easy on kind of where he was coming from. He was really clear, right? So basically right field Daviseo Garcia, Jazz Chisholm's in center field, and Brian De la Cruz is a left fielder that's their starting outfield he's very high on de la Cruz likes the bat, to ball skills think he's going to be a star so that's the start that's the starting outfield with Jorge Soler the Dh now he said that Soler will also play some left field will also play some right field um, he said John birdie will play second third left Dh he'll be all over the field as their super utility player um Peyton Burdick has a good shot along with Jesus Sanchez kind of competing for that fourth outfield spot. But for fantasy purposes, it's basically Garcia, Chisholm, and De La Cruz, Soler, and then Birdie as as the utility guy. And that's, you know, it's it's a pretty clear team on what they're doing. Infield's pretty set, outfield's pretty set, DH is pretty set. Some guys will move around a little bit. But in general, I think it's, you know, pretty clear where they're going. So I, I think it's a good team to. Feel good about who's going to get the at bats and the plate appearances. Not not a lot of guessing here is my point.
0: Right. So cherry picking a couple of uh, a couple of players here. Obviously, you want Jazz Chisholm. What about you know? Is Araya's a guy that you look for in drafts? Would uh, Would you know? Joey Wendell with his multi position eligibility uh, be worthwhile? Do you believe in Brian De La Cruz the way they believe in Brian De La Cruz?
1: Yeah. So here. As you mentioned, Chisholm's the guy that I want on the Marlins, position Mm player-wise, because 30 homers, 30 steals is realistic. I don't know what the batting average is going to be, but I'm going to take a chance on him. I'm going to reach and get Jazz in front of most people because that's my kind of player that you can hit a grand slam on, right? Especially in fantasy. Guys like him and Cedric Mullins and Randy... A- Arazarina, you know, th- those kind of guys, Lewis Robert, you can really hit big in fantasy if they, if, if they if the hit tools there. So, yes, Jazz is obvious. Now, they have some guys that can help you depending upon what kind of team you have. Like, John Birdie led the, led the major leagues with 41 stolen bases last year. I mean, that's that's a very important, you know, number in fantasy. So, if you have a team that's got a bunch of power hitters, you know, let's just say you've got a lot of power hitters that don't you know, that don't have stolen bases. Say your team's got Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Schwarber, um, George Springer kind of lineup. Well, then Birdie fits on your team. Yeah. So I would want Birdie on that team. Now, if I have a team that's got high batting average and speed, but not enough power, i take a chance on Soler bouncing back. He had 40 homers a couple years ago. And then if I had a team that has runs, RBIs, homers, and steals, but I'm low batting average, I'd take a chance on a rise, to help bring the batting average up, so a lot of the guys the Marlins have, not named Chisholm, position player wise, have value only if your team has a specific glaring need, because they have you know a few guys that can really stack up one category or two.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, not not many checking all the boxes uh, that we're looking at. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the starting rotation right now. Sandy Alcantara. Uh, obviously coming off of a Cy Young award-winning year. Jesus Lizardo looked fantastic to close out last season. Uh, Trevor Rogers on the comeback trail. Johnny Cueto, you get that Wiley veteran in there as the number four. And then that back end of the rotation, you got Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, maybe a little Devin Schmelcher as well. Uh, thoughts on investing in the uh, in the Miami Marlins pitching staff for fantasy purposes?
1: They're fascinating. Their their rotation's fascinating for fantasy. So, first of all, you gotta figure out how many wins you're gonna get and what do you think, right? I mean, this 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 pitching's really good. Alcantara won the Cy Young last year. So I want him. He pitches deep into games. I'll take Sandy as my number one starter. Mm-hmm. I love the kid. Absolutely love him. Okay. Now they got some guys with high upside. I absolutely love their two lefties in their rotation: Hazers Lazardo and Trevor Rogers. Rogers was a Cy Young candidate a couple of years ago in the first half. And then he had some back issues, you know, and health issues. He looks good this spring. I love Roger. I think his sleeper. Lazardo's throwing 98 with sink. Um, and he, and he, and he can place it. Uh, so I, I love those two guys as, you know, later round guys with upside, big sure. upside. And then the other guy, I have a baseball crush on Yuri Perez because he's got a chance to be a one and guess where he's <laughs> spending the whole spring training. He spent the whole spring training with Sandy Alcantara. Whole spring training. They do everything together. He's got his arm around them. So, so like Andrew Painter with Philadelphia, Perez is ge- getting the early education. Now, I don't think Yuri Perez has any chance like Painter does of starting the year in the big leagues. But I wouldn't put it past them somewhere in the season if he dominates like I think he's going to do. I saw him in the Futures game. He's an ace waiting to happen. So he's another guy that ooh, I'd love to imagine getting him and painter and Hunter Brown and Grayson Rodriguez in a draft late. By the time you get to the second half, you may have won a pennant.
0: You know, I mean, listen, it's, it's very, very funny. I was, uh, I was looking at, at my drafts in the great fancy baseball Invitational and the tout wars draft and hold and, uh, Mike Alexander, uh, at Roto one on the, uh, on the old Twitter machine. Um, who stepped away. He was working over at fantasy alarm but he stepped away. His wife and him had another kid and, uh, and things were getting crazy for him. So, but he's, uh, he still does these drafts and, uh, he's in tout wars and, and he and I have been talking about some of these young kids, uh, and just, you know, who's dialed in, you know, who in the draft is dialed into the youngsters. Uh, and who is isn't. I think it was right after I, I drafted, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Freelich. So is it frelick or Frelick? frelick freelick so yep. um, yeah so grabbing like a, a nice little youngster like a, like a Yuri Perez uh, definitely a, uh, a you know if you're throwing those those shots out there late and you know and you and you just it, you've got these rounds like these these draft and hold leagues are 50 rounds so you have to have guys who you do think are gonna come up the entire time you're not gonna get guys who are just gonna play uh, on the regular so I dig that um, bullpen wise for, uh, for, for the, uh, the Marlins, like you said, they brought in AJ puck, Matt Barnes, uh, Dylan Floro's there, Tanner Scott. Are we looking at a committee here?
1: A hundred percent a committee. I talked to skip Schumacher about it. He made that very clear. And he went even a step further to say what he believes in philosophically is the best pitcher against the best part of their lineup is when he's going to use them. So if he, in other words, he said, if I had a closer, he's, you know, let's just say Dylan Flora was a closer. He would use him wherever he thought it would be best in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. He he doesn't, he doesn't value the last three outs. He values having him face the other team's best lineup. Mm -hmm. So when I asked him about, you know, okay, so is it him and Barnes, Flora and Barnes? He said, well, you got to put Tanner Scott in there. You know, so Floro, Tanner Scott, Matt Barnes. And he said, you know, maybe A.J. Puck as well. well I'm going to let him compete. He, he said, remember, m- me and my and my coaching staff, it's a whole new coaching staff. We're seeing all these players for the first time. And so we really do have open-minded. We're not inheriting anybody. We're seeing guys, and, we're, and we told everybody, compete. Because we're not married to anybody. We're, we're just going to go with the best players that we see. So impress us this spring. And so... You know, monitoring how the Marlins players do in the spring is going to matter more than most teams because the guys that do the best are going to get the first shot in April. That's obvious. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to have any of the Marlins closers with that kind of philosophy. No thanks. Not in fantasy. Might work in reality. It ain't going to work in fantasy, baby.
0: Yeah, you know, you you can grab the entire bullpen in a best ball if you if you really uh that desperate for the uh for the saves work. Um, all right, so so that's that's what it's looking like right now for the present day Marlins and what we expect to see on the field for everything to start. Uh, you talked about Jacob Amaya, you talked about Yuri Perez. Um let's talk about the farm system depth that they've got going on and uh you know, for Miami uh and any other rookies that you uh, that you want to spotlight.
1: Yeah, okay, Um. and, and thank you, Howard, because I love doing this part, as you know. Um. All right, so let's start with Jacob Amaya, because I think he's going to end up being their everyday shortstop by the end of the season. They picked him on the deal with the Dodgers. They think he can play there defensively, and I think defense is going to be a problem for this team. Chisholm's learning center, Arise's below average at second. Wendell has below average range at shortstop. I think defense up the middle, especially with the ban of the shift, is going to be difficult. We mentioned Yuri Perez. He's the best prospect on the team. He's six foot eight. He's a man. His fastball is 96 to 98. He's got a curveball. He's got a changeup. He's filthy. He's nasty. He punches out 13 per nine. He's got a 1-1 one, one whip. All I can tell you is I've seen him. He's a superstar in the making. Okay. They got a right here named Max Meyer, another former first-round pick, um, flying, flying through the zone, um, uh, his, his he's got a lot left in the tank. Uh, he's gonna miss all of 2023 though, because uh, he finally had that Tommy John surgery. So he's out. Uh, but he's a guy to keep in mind if you have dynasty. You know, get him now and park him. Um, they got a couple of uh, hitters. They got a power bat named Jacob Berry. I don't think he can play third. They do. They drafted him, said he could play third. I think he ends up DHing to be honest. But he can hit. He can hit with power. He went to LSU, big bat, big power bat. He's not ready for the show this year. I love the, the 19-year-old shortstop, Khalil Watson. Uh, he's athletic. He's unbelievable. But the sleeper that they got to pay attention to is uh, Jake Eater, a left-handed starter. Um, this guy's a sleeper. Now, he missed all of last year because of Tommy John. But if he comes back from Tommy John, he's a guy. He's another guy. So that, that's what you need to know in their system.
0: All right. Very, very nice. Good to know. Now, let me ask you, you know, with, with the Marlins, the way they have everything set, and as we just kind of outlined, they've got everybody, you know, their starters pretty much all set. Let's say everything starts breaking right for the Marlins, and they they find themselves, you know, in c- competition. Let's say all three of the top starters are all performing really, really well, uh, and and the Marlins are in, the, you know, a, a nice spot for it. Are they... Would they be aggressive to make improvements at the trade deadline, or you know, would they uh, would they not be uh, would they not be able to, or, or are they just kind of more of a passive organization because of you know finances?
1: Yeah, I mean they're financially restricted. It's a real issue with the Marlins. They don't have a lot of money to spend. Um, if they're out of it by the end of July, will they trade? Will they trade one of their veteran players? Probably, probably. They don't make a lot of moves, but they have been making solid prospect trades. They take their time. They're not wheeler and dealers like a team like Seattle or Atlanta. That's not them, but they make precision, smart trades. Not a lot of them, but don't expect if if they're surprisingly in the race for a wild card spot, don't expect them to go get the piece or two that's going to put them over the top.
0: All right. Good to know. Um, All right, Jim, as we do with all of our team previews and front office insights, I ask you the final question uh, for fantasy purposes here, Jim. Give me one sleeper off the Marlins and one bust. Okay, so
1: my sleeper is going to be De La Cruz, and I'm going to give credit to Skip Schumacher and uh, the coaching staff there who really believe in him. I personally haven't seen it. I don't have another sleeper to offer. Uh, if I did have a sleeper, it would have been Trevor Rogers, but I've already spoken about that pretty thoroughly. And I just love how much the coaching staff and the manager love La Cruz. So I'll use him as a sleeper. Cause it'll be a sleeper for me too. Cause I'll be sleeping on him and not even draft him. And then the bust, <laughs> I got Garrett Cooper again. Now I, I, I like Gary. He's a nice guy and he, and he talks a lot. He's got great power. He's got phenomenal power. He's got a long swing. He's got some holes in the plate that he's working on, but people fall in love with him because of the power, and he's just—he's just a bust.
0: Okay, all right. I, I listen. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not. Gonna, he does have a long swing. You have always warned me off of, from players with just really long swings, and and I get it. I totally get it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So. I like it. All right, there you go, folks. In a nutshell, the Miami Marlins. We appreciate, uh, as always, you tuning in and giving us a, a nice little listen here at the Fantasy Alarm Show.